Press Spacebar to podcast. This is episode 41 of Insert Credit. I'm Alex Jaffe, and my favorite console startup sequence is the Nintendo GameCubes. Uh, I'm Frank Cifaldi, and my favorite uh, console startup sequence is the Sega Dreamcast. Mm. My mm. name is Tim Rogers, and my favorite console startup sequence is the Sega Dreamcast, which... I have to add to what Frank said because I can't just copy him, which uh, contains a sound effect musical jingle composed and produced by Ryuichi Sakamoto. Nice. Hmm. Uh, I'm Brandon Sheffield, and my favorite console startup sequence is, oh man, it's a real, oh, the, uh, the Japanese Saturn. Nice. This is the, these are the rules of the show. I'm going to go through a bunch of topics. You have six minutes to address each as a team, at which point we will move on to the next one. We wrap it all up with a lightning round at the very end. Here we go. Number one. With the disbanding of LucasArts, Disney will likely outsource production of Star Wars video games to third-party companies. Heck yeah. Who would you like to see get their hands on the franchise? I think Atari needs to uh, go back to it. Atari was the first Star Wars game maker, and I think they need to... Uh, I don't even know what Atari is right now, if anything, but they, Frank. Need to, they need to get it together and make Star Wars the arcade game part three. Okay, yeah. you're definitely trolling, because the true answer is JVC, makers of the Super Star Wars series. <laughs> they need no, to hang on. No, 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 no. JVC was the distributor of the Super Star Wars series. Yeah, they just need to publish. They need to develop it. That's what they need. <laughs> they need they to, made they VCRs. <laughs> JVC made the VCR that my dad used two of to copy Star Wars on VHS. Oh, nice. Man. So they need to be making the video games in the future. Yeah, they really are the, the publisher that's most primed for the Star Wars IP at this point. Yeah, yeah they're, they've... <laughs> If Sega still existed, they could make a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Uh, Namco's still around. Namco made that, that that really crazy Famicom Star Wars game where Darth Vader turns into a scorpion and stuff. <laughs> I'd, I'd play that. Yeah. yeah, that sounds pretty all right. That was back when they were Namcot. Namcot. Yeah, on the end. I mean, that's oddly prescient of the plot of Star Wars Episode Seven, or is that not public knowledge yet? Oh, the, uh, the, the scorpion part. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, a... I think that's. I mean, that was. We're not even supposed to talk about that. My friends. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm never going to work in the industry again because I did sign an NDA. Yeah. So, are there any good game developers left? Like, if, I think that's what we're trying to choose. Right? <laughs> hey, those. Uh, that's the real secret question. Those guys that. Uh, there's some good game. There's some good AAA game developers. Starbreeze, the guys who made the Chronicles of Riddick games. I would give mm-hmm. them. Uh, I actually, well, I think, a lot of people say that second Chronicles of Riddick game isn't that good, or it isn't as good as the first one, but those people got to uh, get over themselves, because it's actually what, pretty good. What if the developer of Knights of the Old Republic uh, KOTOR. Did, did that, but like as a massively multiplayer game? I'd play that. That's a good idea. Here's a billion dollars. <laughs> there would be Jedis, and there would be, you'd be able to get your own ship and go to another planet. Yeah, so sure. it would be. And Only if there's totally one gay planet. Yeah, we'll put a gay planet for the yeah. gays. Sure. Yeah. Go hang out there and be in neon lights everywhere. It'd be a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for that. Did no. you hear that they're making a a, a gay Sex in the City show uh, on HBO? And an it's official that, spinoff of it? Yeah, well, it's it's not an official spinoff, but that was the pitch. 
Is and it called it's... Gay Sex in the City? Uh, I think so. No, I, I'm not sure. But it's uh, it's filming in the city of San Francisco right now. Uh, I keep seeing people posting pictures on Facebook. They're wait. like, HBO is here, and they're filming a thing. Why would you set a gay version of Sex in the City in San Francisco? That doesn't I don't know, because it could work in New York. Yeah. Right? Anyway, I think that the guys who uh, made, you know, maybe they should just let the, uh, oh, here's a good burn. Are you ready for this? You know, yeah. those guys that made Bioshock, they should just, you know, let somebody else uh, handle the source material and give them a story for, uh, just give them Star Wars, let them make a Star Wars game. I think they'd be better suited to that than writing their own stuff. Ouch. Uh, oh, heck yeah. Somebody hands have, Ken Levine some aloe vera. Can just have uh, Treasure do it. Why not? Treasure Star yeah, Wars was, would be the best thing. I was thinking of little people, like little developers that make yeah, fun little things. People. Like, like little people. Like, like, like the miniature treasure. The midgets are cappy. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the yeah. mischief makers. Did, did Treasure also make midget makers, or was that a different game? <laughs> I think that's different. I yeah. think so, like, what what about a sin and punishment? Uh, the Star Wars reskin, where you have a lightsaber and a blaster instead of a sword <laughs> and a gun. So that's that's the kind of game I would play. I actually yeah. imagine that. Um, I mean, I'm not like a Star Wars fan, and I don't follow this very much. But my understanding is that they're probably killing anything that isn't directly related to the new movies. Makes sense. So, that would make sense, yeah. You know, we're probably not going to see a fun Star Wars video game ever again. We'll just see I, movie tie-ins. I don't think video That's games cool. are significantly uh, advanced enough at the moment for them to be like, to go whole hog into making a game which is an extension of the movie universe. It would just yeah. probably be some cheap tie-in. Cause how, how, much, uh, how much hog you reckon they can get in there? Probably about 25% hog. All right. I think I think they would they could add like a front end or tail end, back of the hog. Yeah, the tail the hog tail. Like no, you you want the front because the cheek meat is the, actually the best. But we're talking about you, you guys. You guys wouldn't manage. know that. pork that? jowls. Yeah, I thought it was we're talking about shoulder. what can they get in there? Like not not what's ideal. Okay, I thought it was yeah. pork shoulder. That was the good part. The pork shoulder, shoulder is yeah, it's real tender. Uh, also known as pork butt, even though it's nowhere near the butt. I don't know. Who came up with that? I that think that's what they used to call the shoulder. Because you put the butt of the rifle against the shoulder. So, are you actually ma- are you making that up or or do you? It sounds have... plausible. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it's right. Most of the stuff yeah, I say, right. I say it being pretty sure that I'm right about it. Then, so anyway, you know. I, I guess we've come to the conclusion that the pork butt. Is the answer to Pork yes? <laughs> Treasure, Treasure is the answer. Pork Butt uh, Games, that's a good studio name. <laughs> Pork Butt, oh yeah, I, I I'd sign up and be a part of that. <laughs> I'd get the get the Kane and Lynch guys to do it. Just sure, give it, subsidiary give it. of Whole Hog. You know what? Why don't we just go ahead and say, bottom line, give it to Square Enix because <laughs> okay. yeah. they've they've wanted it for a while and they don't yeah. know what to do with their own stuff and uh, they make games. Which deserves Star Wars anyway. So. Was that our sound? That was very that low. Was... Yeah, it was very low. Next time okay. it will not be so low. Okay. Very low. What is the difference between a fun video game and an entertaining one? Hmm. Uh, well, I would say that a fun video game is a game that I start just getting absorbed by and don't pay attention to. Pay attention to when I'm playing it. Uh, but an, an entertaining video game 
is one that I'm noticing the craft of, and I'm noticing yeah. the 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 technique of it. Uh, so, but I think I I may possibly just be thinking about movies, but um, I think it translates to games okay. Well, like I no, I I, I don't think that like. I think a lot of deadly premonition for me, and we keep bringing this up, was not fun uh, to play. A lot of it was a slog, but I was just infinitely entertained by all of it. So mm -hmm. I think I think there might be something to what you're saying. Hooray! I think that uh, yeah, that sounds like the right example. Uh, that Bioshock sure did have no combat in it. That Bioshock Infinite. I mean, it had combat, but I don't know what was going on. I'm just shooting at stuff. But heck if the darn... And the story was dumb, right? So, like, it wasn't even really interesting. But heck if it wasn't entertaining to just look at all the stuff that's in the game and be like, look where they put all this stuff and what kind of crazy story twist are they going to throw at me next? You know, so that was entertaining but not fun. I, I think that way of the first Bioshock. I didn't play Infinite yet. Um... But the first Bioshock, I don't know if I ever was like, this is really fun shooting these guys, but it was such a... I, I actually kind of liked the world, so I was entertained by the game and wanted to see where I was going. Yeah. I actually have that with most of the... Uh, well, I mean, hmm. I would say Gears of War is fun and entertaining because the combat is fun because you feel like you're doing stuff. Like fun entertaining. Really, yeah, it's fun entertaining. You really feel like you're doing stuff because... Uh, you got to master the the level design and the geometry, and the you got to be good at shooting. But then the characters are also saying ridiculous, funny things, and occasionally you'll see stuff like boxes of cereal or whatever. There's I would say that uh, I didn't know that. Heck yeah, hmm? boxes of oh. cereal. I just didn't know about the cereal. Yeah, sorry. I would say like Outrun Two is an example of a game that's that's like ninety percent fun, but it's a bit entertaining as well once you get. Once you get deeper into it and you're really trying to go for the different modes of uh, of play like heart attack and and challenge mode and stuff and and if you if you just stay at the starting line and the flag band starts doing a dance that's pretty entertaining so but but that game is more than anything about heading straight for the fun and not bothering with other stuff zeroing in on the fun as yeah. suppose as you would say dialed it right in. In the industry, they, they say that. They say, mm -hmm. Is that app? Do, do you find it and then zero in on it? Is yeah, you app? find it, then you zero in on the uh, the essence of it. Yeah, well, how, how can you zero in on it if you haven't found it yet, Frank? Come on. Well, I, 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 I thought you just found it and then that was it, but I didn't know yeah, you zeroing zero in. Zeroing in is, uh, is secondary to, to finding it. It's well. only my second day in game development. Come on. <laughs> okay. what? What's, what's the difference between zeroing in and dialing in? That's the. Aren't they Di both brands of detergent somewhere? And, and what, and what, is, what is the difference between dialing it in and phoning it in? Oh, phoning it in is uh, definitely different. You dial it in and then you zero in. Dial is right. hand soap, Brandon. Hand dialing soap, huh? means you kind of just twitch around and you kind of like tweak on tiny things for a while. Shift your knobs. Once you've zeroed in, like you might have a mass of fun that's like roughly the size of a basketball, and then you you zero in on a softball-sized area, and then you mm. dial it down to about a baseball. Usually, is how you want to develop a game. 
Going, are you? I don't see you taking notes, Frank. <laughs> no, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> you want to? You want to be writing this down? <laughs> and then, I, ideally, you're going to have a core mechanic that's the size of a golf ball. Okay. And uh, then all of the mechanics which are connected to it are uh, kind of the, the rubber bands that are inside the golf ball. If you've ever opened one up, yeah. It ends up being the size of about a baseball. And you can you can uh, you can fill the rest of that basketball size. With uh, entertainment, if you right. want to, that's the you can fill uh, a whole basketball stadium with entertainment. I won't. Yeah. yeah so ideally, it's a basketball filled with liquid entertainment with a solid baseball-sized fun center. Liquid yeah. entertainment. Those are the guys that made uh, Rise of the Argonauts on uh, Xbox 360. How would they do with the Star Wars franchise? They do all right. That Rise of the Argonauts had a pretty good core idea. It was there's there's no UI, but it's an RPG with no with leveling up, but no numbers. I like yeah. that. That's and it was deep. about Jason and the Argonauts, but with a really like subtle steampunk aesthetic. I liked the character designs in it. Game was pretty, you know, under budgeted. Give them a hundred million, let them make Star Wars. It'd be better than Bioshock. If they're not all dead by now, which they might be. Poor so guys. candy candy center and a basketball. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. exactly what you want. And then liquid, like a jelly donut filling. Uh, so gel. So it's like uh, it's like a, a chocolate ball floating in jelly. Yes. Yeah. Inside uh, a basketball or basketball jelly. Yes. Right. And yeah. the chocolate ball is full of uh, like Nestle Crunch Krispies. Yeah. If you yeah, guys like right rice or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the rice Krispies. Puff yeah. Rice. Right. Okay, and that's how you make a fun and entertaining video game. Yeah, entertaining. Which number game in a series is usually the best one? Six. Twelve. Second one. Nineteen. Second one. Yeah, the second one's usually the best one. I think that of most things in general. I think, well, maybe not movies, but like any anything that that continues on, that's typically the second one. That's like it's the first one, but we fixed all the bad stuff. Right, that's usually season two of successful television shows, particularly right, exactly. sitcoms. It's Mega Man yeah. 2, where it's like yeah. Mega Man was a fantastic prototype of Mega Man 2. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's yeah. we worked out. We're outside of the experimental phase. We know what works. Now here it is implemented. Yep. And then, uh, as I think I wrote an article on Kotaku uh, last year about all of the games with three in the title, or mm-hmm. two years mm-hmm. ago, that, that had come out all at once, Uncharted 3, Battlefield 3, there were a whole bunch more of them. Uh, I included Super Mario 3D Land, which right. was really funny. Romance of like, the Three Kingdoms. Yeah, yeah, because I was like, in the Super Mario D Land series. Uh, <laughs> so, I, and then I, there were a lot of comments that were like, Super Mario 3D Land is an original game. And I was like, God, people <laughs> God, it's like, and then I'm like, I was trying to be funny, and like, well, you failed, is what the guy said. So I'm like, too bad okay. about that. Yeah. So the third it's, game is is usually like, well, we made a whole bunch of money with that first, and and a whole bunch with that second one, and we still have nowadays. It's we still have all them 3D assets lying around, right? Yeah. Like those Uncharted assets, those things aren't going to age, right? They can still use those for a couple more years. Yeah, right? I mean, they, they put so much money all over that game, they soaked it in money. You know, let's, let's make a third one. Who cares if it ain't got nothing worthwhile at all? I mean, those assets were basically, they were basically pickled in some kind of money brine. Mm-hmm. Inside of a basket. <laughs> right. 
Inside of a basketball, pickled and money brine. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing those animations in Uncharted 1 and being like, you know, being a person who is familiar with uh, PC hardware and all that, just being like, yeah, this is probably still going to be modern looking in about five, six years. You know, they can they can really just crank this out, just crank out a couple more with this guy and the same guy, you know, and then some of those other guys that he's shooting at. And it's like... You reach a point, and I mean, I've experienced this designing levels for my own game that currently won't get featured on Samsung devices because it doesn't have a an in-game quit button. Um, like, designing levels, like, the first levels you make, Shigeru Miyamoto himself said it. Okay, let's forget about my experience. Let's talk about Shigeru Miyamoto. Make your first he, level uh, last? Yeah, make the first level last. Make yeah. the first world last. They made World 1 of Mario after making all the other worlds. They made, like, World 6 and 5 first. Hmm. Yep. The, the worlds that they just ended up making were those. That's sort of how it, how it goes, right? I'd say. So you end up making your first levels last, meaning you understand your game enough to make a complete experience by the time you're done making it. So that's the second game, right? But then as you go on, like World 8 in Super Mario Bros. 1 is just a mess. The level design's gross, right? So when you think about it, it's like by the time you're making a third game in a series, you're just kind of stuffing it with this weird stuff that you think is interesting, not... Uh, as as Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine said, to uh, buy a guitar pedal uh, based on five minutes of having fun with it in a guitar shop, but then mm-hmm. don't try to do anything else with it that you didn't do in those five minutes in the guitar shop. Hmm. You know, in that, in a way, Mario Two was his third Super Mario because he did the original, then they updated it for the versus system. Exactly. And, and change the levels, and then Mario 2 was their third Super Mario Brothers, basically. And also, you can sort of say that in making Super Mario Brothers, they did easily twice the work that anybody else was doing back then on games. Or ever would again? I, mean, I don't know about that. I think right. Bioshock Infinite was a lot of work. <laughs> they, I think it was mostly work. I yeah. think it was, yeah, it was, it was a behemoth of work. There were probably like three other games worth of work that aren't even in the game that was done. Having having just finished it last night, I'd say probably five or six. Wow! You know, like, <laughs> there's 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 a whole it's lot. It's really of stuff weird to play a video thing. game and think. It's really weird to play a video game and think this was a person's life for like three years. Yeah, that one was a uh, like two hundred <laughs> people's life for like yeah. four years. It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Man. Although there are probably like six people who were there for the whole four years, though. Hmm. So we're talking about number two is yeah, the number one. two is there. There is I'd no other answer because I, I, the best. I, yeah, I, I, I can't say there are that many series I've I've really played a whole bunch of entries in. Although Street uh, Fighter really went downhill after the first one. <laughs> well, nice. I think I think two two is the best answer. Uh, I could sort of agree with. I would say there are a lot of fours that try to evoke the two. For example, Street Fighter Four is just mm-hmm. Street Fighter Two with really awesome graphics, right? So that's yeah. a thing. There you have it. Moving on. Uh, how would you fix Dynasty Warriors? With a wrench. Uh, I would make it more like Dragon Guard Two. 
I would give it a parry mechanic, and uh, I'd make it so you can throw guys around and that they knock each other over and explode when they hit into each other. Yeah, I would make the guys have some kind of AI to them, mm-hmm. uh, at least a little more than they've got now. I would make it so that you can actually feel like you're doing something instead of just smashing on stuff. Mowing like, the lawn. It feels so squishy, that series. I would I would I would add a little more uh oomph to it. A little bit of so snappiness it, and yeah, stickiness. Feels like you're actually smacking something. Um and I think maybe I would add some uh, a bit of a bit more of an interesting story to it might actually just not I don't I don't mean like a big bunch of cutscenes or something, I mean like a uh some more experiential story that could happen. Some just some quick, interesting events that might give you some context, better context and better reason for why you're doing this stuff. Dialogues that are more like, that are less like, this guy over here is in trouble. Yes. You've got, you've we got can to help him. Really find out who Lubu is. Yeah, instead of just Lubu, yeah. you know? Right. He's gonna, he's, yeah, kind of just over there and he's gonna kill you. Yeah, that that series does rely pretty heavily on you sort of knowing the the history. Um, I, I I find it sort of fascinating that yeah. there are a lot of uh, foreign people who did not read Chinese history for fun in elementary school, <laughs> like like kids in Japan did, uh, and they they still know the names of all the characters, and uh, that they actually know the names of these guys in Dynasty Warriors based on Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. Where they all look basically the same. All the characters are just kind of this really homogenous-looking aesthetic. I mean, there's a bit, there's big guys, there's guys with bigger beards, but it's like nothing really unique. I would make it more like uh, Earth Defense Force, because in yep. Earth Defense Force, you feel real good when you shoot stuff. You sure do. Stuff falls down, things explode, ants fly up into the air. Yep. Yeah. But we we uh, we shouldn't say too much about what we want, uh, what kind of a game we would make, because uh, we might want to do it. Yeah, I just I think Dynasty Warriors is a wonderful template for uh, making a fun game, and I mean proof is a lot of people have fun with it. I just would make it a little bit, a little bit more of a crispier kind of fun. Yeah, you know? treasure it up a little bit. Yeah, just. I mean... Get treasure to make a Dynasty Warriors like that's that's how you do it. I think they're a little too busy making Star Wars. Oh yeah, well they can make Dynasty Dynasty Star Wars. Yeah, if they if you can make Dynasty Warriors Gundam, it's not that far a leap to Dynasty Warriors Star Wars. Star Indeed, Warriors, no. especially with the Clone Wars or whatever they they had a whole right. bunch of them. What's yeah, it, right. Wouldn't you play a Star Wars game called Star Warriors? Star really. Warriors. Uh yeah. No. I have no, no idea I'm not a Star, Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Well, you know what is good about Star Wars, whether you like it or not, and you might not, is uh, they got good sounds in that movie, man. Oh, that's sure. true. Yeah, they yeah. Got heck of good sounds. I would They're rather play ones. a game with those sounds than most of the sounds that end up in games. I agree. G.I. Joe's got some pretty good sounds, that TV show, but I realize about half of them are just uh, Star Wars emulation. The yep. best death scream before z- the development of Ziggurat, of course, was uh, R2-D2 in the Star Wars films uh, when he was... Yeah. 
Man. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic sound. Yeah, it's the best part of dying in uh, Star Wars arcade. I'd put that on the loop and just kind of sit around <laughs> in my boxers. Man, on, on a on a hot summer night with the windows closed. That sound. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, let's move on, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Why the heck not? Let's bust it out. Design Moving a video, cool. Design a video game that you can safely play while driving. No, oh, I've actually thought a lot about this, believe it actually, or not. Actually, I think one uh, that would be pretty good is one that's on your phone that uses the GPS, but uh, if you activate it, the screen won't be on, so you can't actually see anything, but you have uh, milestones and landmarks that you have to hit uh, using the GPS of your phone in, in, in real life. You have to get to these real-life locations. Also, have you, guys he- have you guys heard about this one game? Where you you can uh, control territory by occupying it with your phone, and and it's actually sort of like a massively multiplayer um, combat game. Where are you talking well, about uh, colors on the Gizmondo? I am talking about colors on the Gizmondo. No, are, there's, there's. Are you talking about Foursquare, the social uh, website? I'm not Foursquare? talking about Foursquare. There's a game that's. Is that's, it massively multiplayer or is it multiply massive player? I think it's probably both at the same time. That's how cool it is. Uh, I like things that are multiple things at once. Um, but that that's a pretty cool thing. But uh, yeah, I guess you that's kind of similar. Territories. Yeah. <clears throat> we got anything else? I, I mean, <laughs> a, game, a game you can safely play while driving. Like yeah. I actually was opposed this challenge by someone else a couple months ago. Cool. And. Uh, I was thinking about like voice controlled games where <laughs> where yeah. it asks you to look at a thing it goes it goes look now and then you have to look at the screen cuz it's mounted on your thing and then it's like what is this you know you're like it's, an apple, <laughs> it's a penguin right? obviously penguin apple <laughs> grapes right and it'll ask you one like use this it uses McDonald's. It'll, it'll use something uh, like every every couple of blocks or so. Like there, it'll you'll have a chance of it giving you like another flashcard. <laughs> and uh, like like uh, and then it'll like it would ask you questions. I was I was joking about there being uh, like an endless runner of decisions, right? I I mean I've I've talked about this briefly on the podcast before, but. There are these games that always ask you to make moral choices and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, and then I think I once pitched the idea of a game that's about lying to your girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just you're answering questions or a significant other. It's like, where were you yesterday? And you just have to, like, remember the excuses that you're building through a series of two-choice questions. And I think it would be cool to make a game that... uh you have to be traveling distances in order to get questions. So it uses your GPS, and it's like uh, every every three blocks you go, it'll like ask you a question, and you're like making these choices, and you're like leveling up. And uh, it's really hard to explain without getting into big details. But you have to look at it, and it's like, what yeah. should I do with this guy, right? And then there's like you see a guy handcuffed on the screen, and it's like, and you, the choices are like kill him or imprison him or whatever. And then you have to remember what you chose or, or said or whatever in the past and then it kind of comes back to haunt you and later. 
in question. Yeah, and you have like five seconds to make a decision at the most. Yeah. But but uh, it would require – this is like, like – well, I'm, why, making, I'm why, not pitching this very well, but – Well, I, I'm, my question immediately as, as your potential publisher here is um, why is driving at all necessary for this game? Like, Because why... you are a mafia boss who can't stop driving or his pacemaker <laughs> will explode and you're trying to solve the mystery. Have you guys seen this this actual game that exists while driving? It's a very soft kind of game, but in modern hybrid cars, they have there there are different colors that will uh, that that your kind of HUD will glow with when you're in in real life when you're driving, indicating whether you are using a lot of gas or if you're being more eco-friendly or if you're using basically no gas. And based on your performance there, it gives you these little parts of leaves that you're trying to collect and you, so you're you talking level about them the up and get badges. The Toyota Prius does that. Uh, the Prius does that and also the uh, Honda Insight does that as well. I actually and, just... Oh, I'll keep going. Well, I was going to say, if you if you extrapolated that a bit more and... In addition to that, you also had something about distance-driven and direction-driven. That uh, I mean, you could put that you could put that territory thing in. So, like, if you're if you're driving very safely and very eco-friendly through an area, then you could kind of cordon off this this arena. So I I got, game... I've got I've got two ideas. Uh, okay. If anybody wants to hear them, one of them is Bluetooth headset, right? So it uh, uses a hands-free headset. So, uh -huh. um, and it, it the the hands-free headset can detect pitch, and it plays music through your car stereo, right? Mm -hmm. So you're playing the music, and so it's like Guitar Hero, but you have to make mouth sounds like along with uh, guitar solos. <laughs> wait, wait, Tim. So are you are you saying that this is Guitar Hero? H E A R. Yes. Yes. Nice. And then game number two is uh, uses the accelerometer. And you get experience points every time you drift your real-life car. So you go into a parking lot and do, like, a whole bunch of donuts. It then does, like, a run keeper, posts on your Facebook. Uh, So-and-so drift, drifted a total of 1.5 miles today. <laughs> nice. And, and my, my title-only pitch, where in my neighborhood is Carmen Sandiego? That's, okay. I, that, I think that's probably the best. Okay. <laughs> That's all we needed. Uh, this next question is from Pedro uh, from our Insert Credit Facebook group. Oh, I see. You can join by going to facebook.com slash icpodcast. Can oh. you guys talk about the Wii? Its life cycle is ended. It deserves at least some afterthought about the whole system and the best games for it. Oh, I was oh, just talking about that. Time with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just I'll, I'll, I'll get that started a little bit. So I, I just found my Wii and I had a hard time getting some WiiWare points, but I won't get into that. It, But I will say that Nintendo should really have one unit of currency, not three, because that's stupid. But anyway, uh, I got I got my Wii out of storage. I got this, uh, this Pro Controller, which is pretty fun. And I got Castlevania Adventure Rebirth. That's a pretty fun game. I got Contra Rebirth, which I haven't played yet. Um, but then I realized there are all these other games out there that are actually a pretty fun time that you could play with a real controller that um, 
that are, you know, a pretty decent experience for yourself. Xenoblade Chronicles, you got. You got their... Uh, XBC. Mm-hmm. There's that Monkey King game, which isn't that great, but it's kind of MKG, fun. MKG, MKG, yeah. There's Heavenly Guardian, which is kind of a Kiki Kai Kai reboot. That's pretty fun. Uh, there's Octomania, which is a uh, puzzle game from the Puyo Puyo makers um, using Octopi instead. There's The Last Story, which I have not started yet, so I won't say anything about it. Um, but there, there are a whole bunch of other little weird games. There's a, a, a really good Klonoa on there. There's yeah. a whole bunch of... Uh, I, think, I think the Wii is the last uh, place we can explore like the middle-tier games ever. Yeah. Like, you know, games that have a decent budget but aren't, you know, tiny little things or huge things, um, you know, that, that that made us all fall in love with the PlayStation 2, frankly. I think the Wii is the last, like, bastion for that. Yeah, it's true. Oh, you you got, like, you got Ghost Squad on there, which is, um, it's a shooter, but it's also got a, a like, a wet t-shirt mode, which is not very PC, but it is kind of hilarious. Um, they, Do you have that one? I've got that one. That night. There's just a lot of stuff on there that people were trying things because it was cheaper to do, and it was pretty easy to make stuff for that thing. And mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of not happening so much anymore. I mean, you just take two GameCube games and you duct tape them together. That's right. That's right. They, until they put it out on XBLA, it had the best version of Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. So that's good. What, on the Wii? On the Wii, yeah. That's actually how I played through it. I enjoyed it that way. And yeah, I, I, think, played it, I played it on the Wii. I think nowadays you can use it with a regular controller, can't you? Yeah. Uh, you can yeah. also, if, if you enjoyed the uh, motion, you could, you could also play it with the PlayStation Move, I believe. Oh, man. But there's that, there's that last story game that's coming out, but that looks like it only uses the Wiimote, and so I don't want to interact Wait, with it. Wait, you mean Pandora Tower? That's what I meant. I meant Pandora's Tower. Yeah, that game's actually pretty cool for uh, people who can get over themselves. It's it's yeah. not a bad game. I just want to point at stuff and then do this. I don't <laughs> want to do it. Uh, it's pretty light with the pointing at stuff. I've got it if you want to play it. All right, I'd give it a shot. It it looking at trailers of it, it looks like a whole lot of whole lot of interacting with pointing at my TV, which I just the Kinect didn't do it for me. The Move didn't do it for me. We sure didn't do it for me. I have to admit that when it came out, I was pretty sold on the concept of a motion controller. I was like, I, you know, I didn't necessarily oh, think, I didn't necessarily think this is the future and all video games are going to do this. But when the Wii came out, or when it's coming out, I guess it was like, man, so many interesting games are going to happen now because we've got this new toy. It's a, this is an entirely new way of controlling games that, you know, actually feels okay and. Even, like, I played Twilight through Twilight Princess when it came out, and even that game, which just kind of replaced the button with, you know, a waggle, basically, it was, like, was, like, the cheapest implementation there could be. There were really satisfying moments sometimes where I was just, like, beating on a boss until it died, and it just felt, you know, it was a, it was a different feeling. Um, but yeah, it didn't take very long for me to just get completely over it. Like probably less than a year, and I was like, well, when that uh, when that Wii Sports Resort came out, like, okay, first of all, I I played Wii Sports the like as soon as the Wii came out, and I was like, well, this is the dumbest thing that's ever come out in the world, 
and I hated on it. And then when Wii Sports Resort came out, I bought that because of the Motion Plus thing, and I just thought it was fantastic. And then everybody else was over the Wii at that point. All mm -hmm. of the people who had shared their just their tearful stories of grandma uh, speaking for the first time in 40 years because of Wii Sports <laughs> Bowling or what, whatever it was. It's like, I was like, y'all are noobs and uh, your grandma probably just wanted to hang out. Uh, you know, it was just glad somebody was paying attention to her. I don't think it means video games are awesome. Uh, I thought Wii Sports Resort was great. But uh, I just want to say about the Wii, my personal experience with it is... Uh, I got all those games, that Xenoblade and that last story, and I played those, and I liked those. And I played that Pandora's Tower, which was pretty cool, and I liked that. And I played uh, Regenlave, or however it's supposed to be pronounced, which uh, ne I think never came out in the U.S., did it? Come out in the U.S., it was the Sandlot game. Brandon, do you know that oh, one? Oh, that did not come out. Oh, man, that game is pretty hot. It's a... Uh, I mean, it's it's... There's not really much to it. It's basically medieval Earth Defense Force, but yeah. you can use your classic controller or you can use the Motion Plus, which actually feels really good uh, for aiming and stuff. It turns it into a, a, a sort of a light gun-like <laughs> Earth Defense Force. So you're saying you're saying people should hack their uh, hack their Wii. Oh, yeah, I, I would say that regardless. Yeah, I would say I would say take a hatchet right to the goddamn thing just to play it. But I I paid full money for that game, so I'm a jerk, okay. I guess. Yeah, Reagan Lives probably that's probably the last one I need. Which yeah. video game features the best level progression system? What do you mean, Pro like like progression yeah. as in what? Like level like level levels. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'll tell you one that's interesting. Is well, it's only interesting at the very beginning. It's very interesting to level up super fast in near, and then, and then, but then you have to, and and you get a preview of all your powers that you're gonna get because all, it, you just level up super fast, and it's like you got a power, you can use it now. That's really cool, but um, but then it takes you back to a normal structure, which isn't that cool. And so, kind of extrapolating from that, when I was talking to Hot Q Kim. Uh, who I've referenced before on this podcast, the Ragnarok online creator. He was talking about <clears throat> how he was he was playing some games uh, that were on beta servers, and they had accelerated leveling up, and you could get money and levels really quickly, but then when the beta is over, then all your stuff is gone. And he was thinking that that kind of quick leveling up and getting a whole bunch of items plus impermanence is actually a really cool thing. So I, I think his next game is actually going to be designed around the concept of quick leveling up, getting a whole bunch of progress really fast, and then having that be the end of your experience. It happens in like an hour arc, and then you start over from zero again with a different character. I think that's a pretty huh. uh, neat idea. That is really interesting. Yeah, that's a pretty neat idea. I mean... I feel like there are some similar things in games such as uh, uh, I was going to say Earthbound is pretty good because mm -hmm. by the end of the game you're probably on level 100 not really with much grinding you're probably on like level 95 or yeah you know you're you just get up there just last last time I played it I mean the first time I played it I had to do a little bit of grinding but the last time I played it yeah 
which you know, I played. But the game is just harder. More there was just or less all about items, items, which I think yeah, is it was cool. zero grinding. I just walked through. Oh, no, are we frozen? Brilliant. Is the connection frozen? No. no. You guys hear me? Yes. yes. Am I dead? No. Oh, maybe. Yeah, it's possible. But we hear you. Oh, no. I, 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 I felt dead for a minute. Um, we hear you. Mother, Mother Three is really cool because they continually they keep intro. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't played it because I say me. it's one of the one of the best things to do is probably play that game. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so it's real cool. Play it, but it has lots of characters, and they keep giving you new characters. And it's like now you're playing as this guy. Now you're playing as this guy, and it's like you have to level up as the new guys, and you're leveling up as new guys every hour or so they're just giving it's it's guy. for some reason it's fun it is like, fun it's great I, I haven't really figured out why it's fun to just suddenly be like oh, here's a new characters level one enjoy so I, I also like the original dragon quests level up curve maybe it's better in dragon quest 5 but yuji hori was really big about he said in, in 86 or so when they were making dragon quest he was like i'm just gonna make some of the levels require like exponentially more experience points than others so that it feels like a journey. It's like I've been stuck on level 16 for six hours and then suddenly you're on level 17 like, and then suddenly you level right up to 18 after that. It's like kind of pressing the numbers. That's getting into dangerous territory. It's getting into a... Well, don't... don't like. I feel like we've had a discussion about this with Before, social yeah. games. With yeah, social yeah. games, though. Like, don't so, some social, social games kind of do that? They sure do. I would say that if we're talking quote-unquote best in terms of sheer mathematical tenacity, the Diablo 3 is pretty good. And uh, World of Warcraft is obviously nothing but a level progression system. I'm sure somebody would yeah. argue with that. But, but yeah, that's obviously got to be good enough to addict those millions of people. I just want to mention that the, I, I think the reason that it is fun to start over at level 1 is because you tend to get kind of diminishing returns once you're mm. further further down the line. It's like, okay, I have another level. That's cool. I can't tell. I'm already level 60. Like, it doesn't make Mark. a damn difference. But starting yeah, over you're... again from one is is great because you get new things. You get uh, you, It's like, ah, oh, I couldn't equip this, and now I can. That's pretty neat. Yeah. That's what, that's what Mother 3 does. And then eventually, when you've got your final party, uh, when everybody finally gets together for the first time and for the rest of the game, the battles are just little rhythm action puzzle things that are Wait, happening. I, I, I have a question. I'm sorry. Is is Mother 3 great-grandmother? Mother 2 is grandmother, right? No, is that it's great-granddaughter. Great great, great uh, well, it depends. It depends on which direction we're going with the mothers, I guess. We're going well, I mean, it, well since we're mother's saying mother and not earthbound, we go right to left because that's how... Nice. All right. So, so, uh, so that's so mother that's three is great grandmother. Great yeah. granddaughter. All right. Sure. Great grandmother. So, I just yeah. wanted to. I needed to clear that up. Yeah. The the truest answer here is uh, uh, Dragon Quest Five and also Pokemon, because Pokemon has exactly what you're talking about. Right. You uh, level up each Pokemon individually. You get a brand new yeah. Pokemon. Got to level up that jerk now. Uh, you get another <laughs> one. Level level him. <laughs> And as an aside to this discussion, I I like leveling up for reasons other than combat a lot. So, like, uh, I'm playing that Xenoblade Chronicles right now, and I'm I've definitely leveled up a couple of times just by discovering areas and by yeah. talking to people, yeah, and by nice. by making connections with people. That's pretty cool. I like leveling Sounds up like that way. 
Sounds like you'd like Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, yeah. it sounds like you might like Western RPGs. Like, well, I mean, he you played, played, played Dragon Age. He played he Dragon Age, right? I played Dragon Age. I played Fallout. So. Yeah, but like... Dragonage? Dragonage. Dragonage? Venusaur, Charizard, Blastoise, Pikachu. Kill, marry, screw, employ. Uh, who's Blastoise? Blastoise is the big turtle one with the cannon. The giant squirtle. Oh, Another one of the reasons big... you, you I'm going to have to look them Pokemon all up is, uh, at this point. One reason leveling up is fun in Pokemon is because you get to see them turn into new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like you see little tiny Squirtle turn into giant fearsome Blastoise. Jaffe, and, I uh, need you to to paste the names of these guys in chat so I can look them up. Venusaur, Charizard, Blastoise, Pikachu. Well, you probably you almost certainly marry Pikachu because Pikachu is devoted. I think that's pretty clear, right? Wait, wouldn't you want to marry the the Venusaur because uh, that one's growing vegetables? Right, so you'd have an unlimited food supply. Oh, that's a pretty good. Oh, but no, hey, you'd but employ you them. Power your house. Yeah, but Venusaur could you could sell the vegetables. The thing about Venusaur though is that he's half poison type, so I would not be comfortable eating whatever he produces. Yeah, I don't want to eat. Yeah, okay, forget Venusaur. Um, Charizard but, could uh, could man. So there's reasons to employ all of, all them, of them, which I yeah, guess well, is I, why I it's a Pokemon game. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say. That's the definition, almost. But, um, uh, so Pikachu is electric by nature, right? Yeah. So Pikachu is just always electric. That was so the uh, that was the NWA song, right? Electric Pikachu's by nature. Electric by nature. Yeah. <laughs> so Pikachu is always electric. Pikachu is going to be electric in your house at all times. So if so you're married, he, he to would Pikachu, really save on the power bill. Yeah. Yeah, if you're married to Pikachu, you wouldn't have to pay an electric bill mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. But Blastoise right? could protect you with a giant cannon. Okay, but realistically, guys, come on. How often are we attacked? That's true. It's a good point. But we mm-hmm. are in the Pokemon world now, so... Uh, no, we? you're not. You're still in no, this world. Oh, we're still here? I'm, okay. I'm looking yeah. around my own house and thinking how each of these Pokemon would contribute. Um, man. Charizard so, could heat your food. That's a thing. And, I mean, fire is a pretty pretty that's, important resource just across that's the board. Your ga- that's your gas is, bill at zero. Is Charizard uh, large Squirtle. enough to ride on? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. he is. Okay. Yeah, that's that's Ash really, regularly rides on Charizard. That's that is really a ride. Convenient. That's a ride to work, and he can fly as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, I'm either employing him or marrying him. Yeah, I think, I think probably marry Pikachu again because Pikachu is devoted and employ yeah. Charizard. Yep. Pikachu is also, let's face it, the most attractive. That's right. Right. I mean, and yeah. uh, right. screw screw Venusaur because Venusaur has Venus in yeah. the name. I'm your Venus. From Venus, uh, like and Venus. and and then and also you know Blastoise yeah. has you know this shell thing I don't know how to deal with so oh yeah, Venus for, also rhymes with penis so that's uh, how for the purposes true. of this scenario I am letting you choose the gender of each Pokemon so oh, uh, it doesn't matter go. it doesn't matter it really right, they, I, I want them all to be cartoon androgens yeah. yes. right. choosing uh, a gender would would make this discussion gross for me so uh, we're not <laughs> going to do that yeah so I like uh, yeah, this is a really tough. Uh, this is a distinctly difficult question. It's a yeah. Well, what my my suggestion was: marry Pikachu, employ yep. Charizard, yep, uh, and screw then things get away. and yeah. kill Blastoise. What 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 do y'all think? Uh, I'm I'm good with kill, that. I, 
Sorry, who do you want to kill? Tim? I'd kill Blastoise. I'd say kill Blastoise. Yeah. I feel like oh, yeah. of the four yeah. of them, you've had you'd have the hardest time killing Blastoise because I'm not saying Blastoise isn't going to fight back. Blastoise we already have tough. all these other ones. Uh, yeah, on our uh, side. Charizard would Charizard would die to Blastoise. Yeah. Pikachu well, could kill Blastoise. Yeah. Are We're you married to Pikachu. Just send Pikachu. Look, just yeah. because you're married to somebody yeah, send... doesn't mean they're going to fight for you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Know, Till death do us part, bro. Well, what if, and in hell. what if Pikachu is just like, well, I guess we're going to part then? Well, Pikachu is devoted. We've got that part. Right. Now. Yeah. So Venusaur would be uh, just one. Yeah. So Venus, penis. Uh, yeah, Venus, penis. <laughs> you, you would you would hang out with that one, right? And you would. Uh, uh, it's got that convenient handle thing on top. Yeah. yeah. Oh heck yeah. <laughs> I, I would I would rather uh yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I would marry Pikachu if I had yeah, to. Sure she would. And obviously. Then, and then obviously, yes, Charizard is a vehicle. Yeah. I mean that's that's so are you, are you just thing to employ. Very slowly coming around to my uh same decision. Oh no no, I'm just I'm just trying to uh I'm just trying to explain it. Yeah. I, I'm I'm uh I'm going I'm using your explanation at to uh uh, your your solution, and I'm just explaining it. Sure, we're moving backward. Is what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got time here. Uh, that's not what I've got. Well, no. it's our podcast where we just have the stuff. Maybe we, we should mo- maybe we should move on due to yes. Brendan's lack of time. I, I don't think uh, anyone's arguing with that. Lot. Okay, who is the unluckiest video game character? Uh, those guys in Lost Planet, because. Uh, they lost the planet once, right? Okay, <laughs> but you lose the planet again. I mean, come on, so shame on me. Careless. And then you lose the planet a third time. Is there a Lost Planet three? Is there? Kind of. There's that anime one. Yeah, they just keep on losing the goddamn planet. Like, don't they have computers? I mean, Google Maps in the future must be goddamn spectacular. Like, yeah, I don't it's got to have more than just yeah, the Earth, just Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I was... there, there, there's a reason Google Earth is a separate thing, right? Yeah. Because that's just for Earth. I was telling Tim yesterday, I was playing Castlevania Adventure Rebirth, and there was a uh, there was a skeleton level, a whole bunch of skeletons in it, and there's one red skeleton, that's the kind that respawns after he gets, well, he, he just, he reassembles after... I shouldn't say he, because who knows if it's a male well, still. It sounds just like Red Skelton, the, the comedian. Yeah, that's right. So it's I was just about to so make a Red Skelton he gets, when, when he dies, he, he just reassembles himself and comes back together. And right, there's one like, of them yeah, yeah. That, is, that is in a... He's in a pit, and there's a spear that comes out of it that you can jump on the... the, the, um, the is it the hilt? The pole part of the spear, but the tip kills you. And uh, and the red skeleton cannot jump, so he just gets killed by that thing every time, uh. and then it retracts, and then he respawns, and then he gets killed, and then it it just happens forever. <laughs> well, that's the worst forever. video game character. So he's he's kind of unlucky because he can't jump, he can't get out of that situation. He's just oh, constantly man. being killed. What fresh hell is this? That, that, <laughs> that sucks a lot, I suppose. You know, yeah, uh, uh, Larry Laffer at the beginning of the first Leisure Suit Larry. Has at that point never gotten lucky. Oh, so, yeah. So he might oh. be the, the unluckiest. That's a good point. Uh, 
Yeah. I was going to make a joke about uh, is Sonic the Hedgehog because uh, he really, you know, all those games that he's in, like that's yeah. a real shame. That's real bad. Is that, yeah, that's that's yeah. you know, life dealt him a bad hand. It's yeah, true. He got, a, he got a bad hand. He actually has five fingers on his hand. There Plus, people time. keep stealing his chaos emeralds. It's like he he can't keep hold of them for like five minutes. Nope. I mean, like, the, that one time Knuckles just punched him and all the Chaos Emeralds came out. What's that? What? They flew right out of him. Yeah, what? And then he just stood there. He just stood there, and he's like, what? And, and I'm going to take this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Technically, it. Technically, he, he should have expected a guy named Knuckles to punch him. He should have. <laughs> That's on him. That's not luck. That's, That's just idiocy. Yeah, yeah so it's not also. Sonic. It's definitely Red Skelton. Red Skelton? <laughs> I, I don't know. know. Uh, your suit, Larry, man. That yeah, that was a pretty good lucky. point. He he'd yeah, never yeah. gotten lucky. Yeah. Er, early in the podcast, uh, we established that Solid Snake is an actual person who is in some kind of debt to Hideo Kojima, which is why he needs to keep a being in all these games. So maybe he's the unluckiest person. That could be a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's Larry. Yeah, Larry's probably the answer. Larry's cool. I feel like there's somebody else I, I had in mind who was a really good Tim, player. move your microphone back to where it was yeah. before. Yeah. Woo! Yep. A little, bit, a little bit of droop down. I feel <laughs> I, I was going to say Ryu Hayabusa from the old Ninja Gaiden games because he keeps getting hit by those darn birds. Friggin' well, birds. Those birds. If you, if you watch, the, if, like, watch the cutscenes, he's not unlucky. He's just a really bad ninja. He's not <laughs> yeah. like, ninja. Like, things keep taking him by surprise. He's like, what? Huh? Huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> the world's yeah. most surprised ninja. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. A woman. <laughs> okay. Uh, the oh, year... I was also going to say a Dan in Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo because his super gem is just all red. All that's... red. And that's just really easy to deal with. So <laughs> that's unlucky. Anyway. Uh, let's move on. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> the let's year is 1990X. The console wars between the big two are in full flame, and Nintendo has hired the three of you to offer a rebuttal campaign to the opposition's biting, Sega does what Nintendo don't. Okay, uh, okay so can I be a secret agent for, uh, for the TurboGrafx over here, or what? You can do whatever you want, baby. Yeah, there are three here, Jaffe. It's not just... Yeah. Well, I said the big two. TurboGrafx is more like the small third. It, it was pretty Turbo big graphics? in Japan, okay? Yeah. They well, weren't, they it weren't was actually, actually little. The PC engine was actually out. very little in Japan. Yes. But... Yes. <laughs> well. Heck okay, yeah, but for the, for the sake of argument here, we'll all, be, we'll all be trying to do a Nintendo thing. Play it uh, loud. Something, let's oh, wait, see. We, we, could, we could talk Whoa. about Mode 7 in a, in, and enter that into some sort of a, an amusing situation. Like, we, you mm-hmm. could say... Uh, Sega's still back on mode six. Oh man! Best. Oh, that's good. That's really good. We have oh, Mario games. Shrug. Or how about how about uh, I bet Genesis couldn't even handle regular Mario World. <laughs> that's pretty good. Take an exodus from the oh, Genesis. How about if if we? Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's a good Bible joke. There. Biblical. How about? If if we made a Mario Kart for Genesis, it would have to be called regular Mario Kart. <laughs> you could also play on their uh, their their guilt and and be like, hey, 
You remember when we saved the console game industry back in around 1983? These guys are going to ruin it. They're going to this this <laughs> is the problem. <laughs> they, so there has there ever been uh, a, a a seal mascot for Nintendo for the Nintendo seal of seal quality? Of quality. No, he could, he no, could, he could be talking to you. Yeah, little seal with the, like a polka dot umbrella. <laughs> Who would you get to voice the Nintendo seal? Hmm. David Hater. Heck yeah! So what I would have done, in all seriousness, if I were a Nintendo advertising executive, to deal with Sega's uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is I would have, uh, I would have had my fingers in lots of pies. And I would have known about Bubsy. I would have secured ex- ex- exclusivity for Bubsy, and I would have made Bubsy the new Nintendo mascot. Because you know, a guy with a mustache—you know, really, right? Right. Okay, so, so for for actual historical context here, the Genesis does what Nintendo don't campaign was when Sega was really pushing. Uh, uh, licensed properties on Sega, so they had like Castle of Illusion, and they had you know Joe, Joe Montana, Montana football. They had, they had Moonwalker, they had Pat Riley basketball, they had uh, James Buster Douglas knockout boxing. So their their campaign at that time was Genesis has all these stars and properties, you know, and Nintendo does not. So Man, what a terrible res- selling point! I hate yeah, that. I know, but that's what they were doing. Um, so and it sort of worked for a while, we, right? And and in theory, we're Nintendo reacting to this, which I mean, they just should ignore it, I guess. But um, also, their Sega's advertising got more and more like extreme and in your face and the whole Sega time thing. Um, so we could combat that by actually uh, slitting someone's throat on live television. Oh, oh, yeah. I was gonna say get uh, get violence in there, like yeah. ASAP. Yeah. Get, Nintendo get snuff. Yeah, just but, like but, start getting Mortal Kombat in there, like quickly. Yeah, you slit a guy's throat and white sweat comes out. <laughs> oh man, that would be pretty disgusting. That's a deep yeah. joke. To, that's a deep joke, Frank. Should have a, a, a an executive commit seppuku on uh, on air while drinking Mountain Dew. Well, yes, the Mountain, Mountain Dew Se- is just streaming out through his stomach. Yeah, Mountain seppuku. <laughs> <laughs> do the coup. Do the coup. a coup. Do a would be. So what the, else was uh, Sega doing oh, at the Pikachu, time? Sega, Pikachu could have been Dupachu with Mountain Dew. <laughs> Sega had blast processing. Yeah, Sega at that time, at, at the Sonic One time, was actually when when Super Nintendo was coming out. Their campaign was to put. Uh, Super Mario World next to Sonic and be like, look, look at this slow crap. It was playing um, on a TV on the back of an old clunker car and Sonic yeah. was on a TV on a sports car. Yeah. yeah. And they actually did this, like, they, they did this in malls and stuff. They actually had in-person, like, tours to show you how crappy Super Mario World was in comparison. Really? To yeah, they did. Um, they were right. But, well, no, they weren't. Well, sort of. Um, there's, there's, I'm just being yeah. a jerk, that's all. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're combating that too is my point here. And well, F Zero is the one that I would say because that game is goddamn really yeah. fast. Yeah, put F Zero in front of I don't know what was what did Sega even have racing wise? Uh, Road Rash too, uh, but that's not a good comparison because Road Rash is so cool. And it's Road also... Rash was a uh, it it I don't know F Zero just looked so fast and so smooth. Yeah, and it's yeah, like I don't it, think Road also Rash, Road Rash was 
Road Rash was like 15 frames per second or something like that, too. So, and yeah. they, they, they'd have to be unfair, so it'd be like F-Zero against like Alex. Oh, wait, here, here you go. Out, outrun 2029 or 2019, is it? I forget. Have there you was actually a... played that? It's not that good. No, it's not that good, but that that's why I'm saying it would be good, good if we're yeah. Nintendo because it's a future car racing game, and uh, it doesn't look quite as good. It still looks pretty okay, though. So Genesis does what Nintendo uh, Nintendo don't need to do what Genesis does. Nintendo yeah. does what Nintendo does what Genesis isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's our answer, and yeah. with that we'll move, move on to the lightning round. Okay. Nintendo does what Genesis isn't would be yeah. Good. There we go. That doesn't really make as much sense though. Uh, this new game that we will be playing today is called The Jetsons Meets the Flintstones Bowling. I'm go- I'm going to name two games, and you have to describe a game which would play like a fusion between the two. Okay. Uh, Without any further ado, let's launch right into it. Professor Layton meets Mario Paint. Oh, Mario Paint. Yeah. (laughs) You can't just come up with a funny title. It would also have have Walter Payton. (laughs) Um, And Peyton Manning. Sure. I don't think I want to play whatever game this is. Yeah, yeah I don't want to play it either. So, uh, Mario Paint is basically just make your own drawings and stuff, or fly, or swat a fly, and then Professor Layton is is solve little puzzles. Solve puzzles. So, so uh, on your, on your DS screen, uh, it's Professor Layton on a TV with a mouse. Wouldn't Wouldn't that be? Yeah, uh, basically Professor Layton on your Super Nintendo with a mouse. Yeah. Didn't Brain Age have some drawing sequences too? I think Brain Age kind of is the. Combination between the two. All right. I remember drawing. I remember like writing numbers. Uh, Elder Scrolls meets Metroid. Mm. Elder okay. Scrotroid. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Elder Scrotroid. Oh man, I, I used to have to see that game when I was uh, when I when when my Aikido gym uh, shared a a locker with a, with an old person's pool. I think Elder Scrotroid was was. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I think it would be a game with a really good world, but uh, uh, every time you talk to somebody, it like zooms into their face, and it looks like they're made out of like catchers, like like flayed up catchers mess. And it'd be, uh, Me- it'd be Metroid Prime in a 3D fantasy world. Yeah, and there would be a whole bunch of aliens, and they would all have the same voice. So Ridley and Craig would have, would be like, "Hello there, Samus." <laughs> Starcraft meets Parappa the Rapper. Starcraft the Rapper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I think I think kind of uh, it would be cool to have sort of the Idol Master, but massively multiplayer, where you're all uh, you're all kind of. A unit in this cacophonous band, and you're you're battling for dominance, so kind of like how a... in 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 Macross, you uh, Min May's voice was like a uh, a weapon. So uh, it's it's like a a singing RTS, but Ooh. massively multiplayer. So an I- idle massively multiplayer game. Yes, that's <laughs> Net right. Hack meets Warhammer. Net, Net Hammer. Net Hammer would be the name of that one, and. That's right. uh, I mean, you know, you could make a roguelike that's based in the the, the Warhammer world. Why the yeah, heck not? They've, they've got such it. a neat aesthetic going on. They could probably end up accidentally legitimizing the genre for the mainstream jerks that way. Yep. Oops. They'd be, like, they'd be like, these guys are big. 
I think I'd that would just game. be probably pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd Best one so far? Okay. Monkey Island meets Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh, man. Monkey Coaster ty- Tycoon? Yeah. Well, you'd have to find the pieces. Like, roller Coaster Island? Pieces for the roller skates. The oh, roller, yeah. roller, sk- roller coasters. It would be... Uh... It would it would be kind of that holy grail of of combining a story driven adventure game with like a building management game that no one's quite gotten yet, but every Facebook game wishes they could. I think it would be funny if it were a building game where the builders are monkeys and you can't uh, you can't quite control them, and sometimes they don't do what you say, yeah. and and it opens the next the the attraction opens the next day, and you'll find out whether they've done your bidding. By you know the the by how many people die? How many yeah. people die flying off the roller coaster? Yeah, DDR meets Mech Warrior. Oh man, that would well, actually be kind of fun because you just yeah. you have a DDR pad which you're using to like shift gears and move your uh, mm-hmm. your mech. Combine and, it with uh, the techie and controller, like, yeah. and you'll just be like in this full immersion oh, mech man. environment. This basically G Gundam. I would rather just use a controller. And a DDR pad, like so, I'm standing up and yeah. I have to stomp on these buttons and I have to stand on different combos to accomplish different. You could actually fully replicate the Steel Battalion controller with just a DDR pad and an Xbox controller. I think. Hmm. Let's do it. Let's just all do those it. combos because you'd, yeah, you'd have cords. You'd have button cords. Is what you would have. Halo meets Bonk. Halo. Halonk. Halo. Halo meets Bonk Halo. would be uh, yeah. cool because it could it could be an FPS that just has uh, kind of a cartoonish visual style, but isn't cel shaded and edgy like, like something like Borderlands. Why can't there be an FPS that just kind of looks like Mega Man Legends or something? Yeah, why not? That'd be pretty right? cool. I'd play one of those. Yeah. I think uh, you would definitely have to remove the head bonking mechanic because if you're if you're if the camera is in your head and you're constantly it dipping it into the ground, that would be terrible. Yeah, I guess you haven't played uh, the Elder Scrolls games. <laughs> because every every time you do a, a melee attack, as they call it. A melee. Uh, the, the, cam- the camera just swings around like crazy. And it feels Yikes. like you're whipping a garbage bag at the guy. An empty Tomb Raider an empty meets bag. Pokemon. Uh, oh, man. Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. So you're collecting, uh, what did she even fight besides humans, like dinosaurs and stuff? Well, you, you know what? She actually has to catch them all in the sense of um, items in the tombs. So she, mm-hmm. could, be, she could be collecting, you know, the, these ancient relics, but the ancient relics come to life and then she has to battle with them. And then once you battle with them, they become your friends and then you use them to help you with other solutions. It'd be kind of like a Mega Man thing. That's right. And you just have like a whole team of dudes, and there's like six of them, and the, the goal is to get to the top of the mountain and kill these guys. But there's, you can make a good game yeah, out of recruiting, like this recruiting weird AI partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Evil meets Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, Resident Hedgehog. Yeah, Resident Hedgehog. Yeah, Sonic the Evil. <laughs> Sonic the Evil. <clears throat> Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. Evil. Sonic Knievel, there you go. Yeah. Bio Hedgehog. I, th- I think it would just be Shadow the Hedgehog, right? Isn't that Bio. just what that game is? Shadow the Hedgehog, sort but like, there, are, there are dogs that, there are dead dogs that are just thrown at you. Zombie so. dogs and a finite amount of ammo. 
Dogs, like dead dogs, just raining from the sky. Yeah, that's what it is. You're running and shooting things, and then dead dogs just keep landing on you with this really horrible... It would probably... Kind of a wet sound, like a wet sack just hitting Yeah, I don't like it. It would ideally play like Vanquish, (laughs) I guess, because it's high-speed shooting. Sometimes Sometimes the heads come off, and it's really gross. It's just... I don't. Street- I don't really don't want to play this, Jeffy. I don't. Uh, okay. Streets you, of Rage meets why, why Final Fantasy. Keep, keep talking about this. We're <laughs> moving on, Frank. Yeah. Streets of Fantasy. Yeah, Streets, streets of, of Rage meets Final Fantasy means you'd have a a game with kind of an interesting story, right? Sort of, you know, a compelling narrative. But then instead of just pressing buttons and watching your guys fight, you'd you'd be punching you'd in the streets. Fight. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Yeah. And also, the the bad guy would have a big sword and. Uh, the the skyscraper at the end would take like two hours, and there would be some cool music. Heck, heck yep. yeah! We got to backtrack honk, for a second because someone has pointed out something that we somehow missed, which is that Halo and Bonk is honk. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> honk's <Okay>. adventure. <laughs> Boktai meets Ridge Racer. Oh uh, well, yeah. Oh, that would be the worst game ever because you would need to use the. Uh, <laughs> there would be there would be a uh, a sun sensor, so you would need to be playing your. Not PlayStation Vita. We'd have to make it PSP because that has a worse screen. You would yeah. have to be playing your PSP outside in direct sunlight <laughs> in order That's to the win worst. the race. So okay. uh, you wouldn't even be able to see the screen. Yeah. Right, is that it? One more. Metal Gear meets Mario Party. Metal Gario Party. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, at this point, Metal Gear is just such a giant mucusy mass of stupid jokes and stuff and references that you could just make a Mario Party with Metal Gear characters or just put just Snake in Mario Metal Party. Metal Gear Acid with minigames. Hmm. Well, I was going to say you have to sneak around and if you get caught, you have to play minigames. <laughs> and the a... minigames are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's a must. This has been episode 41 of the Insert Credit Podcast. Make sure you send your questions in to podcast at insertcredit.com, or you could send me your questions on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash icpodcast, where you can also keep abreast of when and where we'll be putting our latest episodes. Uh, if you're listening to us live, you can stick around after the show, and we can do a Q&A for those of us who don't have to leave. And... Uh, you can also use that aforementioned email address, podcast at insertcredit.com, to send me your suggestions for the best game of all time, or the best Genesis game of all time, or questions in previous episodes you'd like us to revisit all p- topics on future episodes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Brandon's at Necrosofty. Frank's at Frank Cifaldi. Tim's at number 108. I guess we'll see you next week. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Tim Rogers. Yeah, he's Tim Rogers, and and I'm still Frank Svaldi. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And this is podcasting. Podcast over, yeah!